superpowers on the Super Power Up Podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and I am so delighted and honored to have with me today Uzo Nwankpa. Um, and today we're going to be talking about the spiritual gifts of a woman's body. Uzo is a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. I had the good fortune to meet her recently at the um, Honeyroot Women's Embodiment Festival out in California and was just so touched by the, the fierceness and the grace and the power and the beauty that she brings to her work. So I just want to welcome you with such a deep and open heart, Uzo. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it and feel quite honored. Mm, so I'm going to start off asking you the same question we ask everybody here at Superpower Experts. What are your superpowers? <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, you can think of me as the town crier. Mm. Um, you know, a town crier has the ability to gather people together and share what is relevant right now. What is, what is the need right now? We need to gather. And so um, I believe particularly in my own lineage and in my own family, uh, which is where it started for me, to be able to speak up speak up when things were amazing and also to speak up when things were taboo and um, not right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really awesome superpower and one that's so needed right now. Um, so how are you, you know, we're, I want to talk a little bit about how you employ that superpower in the world and in, in some of the work that you do. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that I continually assess and um, one of the things that, you know, I, I constantly have to think about is, am I outing this person? Am I, uh, am I honoring this person um, or this organization, right? Am I being malicious? So I do think about that. But, and, and at the same time, you know, we've been taught, I believe, I've been socialized to be quiet, uh, don't ruffle feathers. And so that, what that means is when I'm facilitating workshops or, or I'm having a performance where I'm speaking to something that's important, I have to think about whether or not I'm going to call names to really dive into like what the issue is. So by saying <clears throat> Exxon Mobile did this, right? Um, no, I'm just throwing out a name. Um, or, or to say Uncle Joe did this, not just uncles out there or just multi-million corporations. Um, but being specific as to not they, but who, who exactly, um, and not being afraid to do that in, in my work. So, um, but also being able to praise, you know, folks who are doing the right thing, you know, and, mm. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think both are really important. And and I think you're right when when we have this gift of of um, really a lot of courage with the voice, it is a responsibility too. Yes, yes. I mean, we don't have a choice. We we can choose to be quiet, um, <clears throat> but in my young years of being quiet, I suffered. Yeah, right. Yeah. I suffered. I suffered in my body and I suffered in my voice. So being able to speak up is a skill that I'm learning. And in fact, I'm claiming it as a superpower because, I, because I've become much better than I ever have been. And um, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's so interesting too that we, we chose this topic, the spiritual gifts of a woman's body, because I've been thinking about in relationship to the voice lately, you know, um, uh, there's this saying that I've heard often in the in the personal development world. You have you have two ears and one mouth. Use them accordingly. Um, <laughs> and and I was sitting with one of my elders um, a while back, and she was talking about how women actually have two mouths. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we have the mouth in our face, and we have we have the mouth down below in our in our vagina and our yoni and. And I've been thinking about how actually it is our time to speak. And that is, that is part of the responsibility of holding a woman's body right now is to speak, but not just to, you know, run your mouth, but to really speak from both mouths. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. I was going to share that my second superpower is the ability to swim across the spectrum of masculine and feminine. Mm. And that is you know, that comes with my queerness, you know, I was so trapped being on one end of the spectrum and didn't realize what I was missing and, and losing by being so-called straight, right? Not particularly in my sexuality, but in my consciousness and in my thinking and in my fluidity. And as an, <clears throat> a girl that grew up in West Africa, Nigeria, so a girl who developed into womanhood in the West and the diaspora here in the United States of America, it has been quite a journey to be able to speak from both mouths, mm-hmm. like from a place of uh, victim, right? So shutting up, shutting down to surviving, you know, um, opening up a bit more and telling my stories and sharing my body willingly to now thriving or like what I like to call sir thriving which was coined by um, a woman here in Oakland California who's speaking to the ability not just to survive but to thrive and yeah. so, <laughs> um, oh, the yoni is like such a powerful place once we're tuned in. Um, and, and I have been socialized to not look at her, to not touch her, to not allow her to enjoy. And, um, and all of that comes in the context of being willing to float and swim and fly across the spectrum of the masculine and the feminine. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. 
So I, I want to give you an opportunity right now to just to tell folks who might be listening in and know nothing about you. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, what your what your work is in the world, what you're doing um, and all the ways that that is looking for you right now. Sure. So <clears throat> I'm originally from Enugu. I'm an Igbo woman. And um, basically, uh, our people lo- are located in the southeast region of Nigeria, West Africa. And we have been, you know, uh, experiencing years of genocide. And in some cases, some might even say ethnic cleansing. Um, So the lineage I come from is of that. And my parents are survivors of the Biafra War, the Nigerian Civil War, which is basically the war when our people decided we were done with the oppression and wanted to leave. We seceded and got our own country called Biafra. And um, after three years, we um, lost the war to Nigeria and their support. (laughs) I think U.S., not I think, I know the U.S. was a part of that process and we got reabsorbed into Nigeria and so that actually is like my like foundation in that when I came over to the United States um, I was 15 years old I was really um, excited to be on this land of the free Um, and from the context of an African girl it was the land of the free Um, and but then over time I quickly learned um, at a cost. So the freedom here on this land was actually at the cost of my people. It was quite treacherous to, to think of that. Now, the Uzo Method project is something that I created down the line after that. I was living in, in South Florida and I was teaching um, fitness classes. You know, I was um, in America. I didn't know about healthy eating and exercising and well-being And so I gained about 50 pounds in one year as an 18-year-old. And nobody told me, um, you know, nobody gave me the guidance. And so I had to learn on my own through becoming a fitness instructor and learning about these things. And I wanted to share it with the whole world. And I wanted to share it particularly with people who look like me, little brown girls. And so I would get together with my friend, Sarah, and we would host these little workshops at the local Y. And then it just kind of took off. Um, And so then um, Hurricane Katrina happened, and we were affected as well in Florida. And that was what drove me to um, further my education and go back to school and become a registered nurse. And I'm just giving you the background of how the Uzomethod project came to be, you know. Um, In nursing school, I realized that I had a big dream of creating health and wellness, you know, opportunities all over the U.S. And I quickly found out that it was uh, a sick model, right? Nursing is a sick model, meaning we care for the sick. We're not really thinking about preventing people from being sick because the people are already so sick and we need to care for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I was inspired to create the Uza Method Project, which is healing through music and movement. And I'm doing this through, you know, alternative routes, right? Um, Particularly looking at ways to gather evidence around the work that we're doing so that not only is it valid 
in the healthcare world, it's also validated by scientists. Um, these ancient technologies that we've always known about, that have always existed, you know, the science of vibration, the science of moving our bodies, the science of connecting with spirit and the appropriate ways to do that. Um, where do you go to learn that? Where do you go mm -hmm. to find that? Um, when we commit people into mental institutions because they're having a spiritual breakthrough, you know, we coined them as crazy. We, we, we brand them as, you know, these are the healers of our society. So when I saw all of that, I was just really inspired to have an opportunity to come into spaces, um, set up a space where we're able to to blend the mind, the body, and the spirit and harmonize that in the context of, of a community setting. Um, and it's just been a journey for the last seven years. Mm -hmm. And I, I love what you're saying. It's, it's very much in alignment with what we're doing here at, at Superpower Experts of, of really providing a space for people who, who are having these experiences to say, you're not crazy. This is actually these are superpowers, you know, and if you really can embrace them and, and go deep into them, you have the, the power to positively affect change in the world. That's what the, the healers are here to do. Right. Right. And, and I, I love so much that you're bringing the, the embodiment piece into it because I think we really, we can't, can't do this work without the body. Um, before we're going to go, um, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. Um, but before we take the break, where can people find out more about this work? And if they're, you know, I know that you, you travel and you host workshops and things. And if someone wants to get a hold of you and know more about your work, where can they go to find that? You can find my work at www.theuzo.com. Theuzo.com uzo.com beautiful um well i've been here with uzo nwangpa and um we were talking about the spiritual gifts of a woman's body when we come back from the break we're gonna do what i call the high vibe deep dive into this topic so stay tuned are you here to change the world do you talk about things like vibration frequency awakening and consciousness are you pretty sure you have superpowers the superpower net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities we provide training intuitive guidance peer-to-peer -peer learning intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching and a high vibrational network of people just like you when you join the net you get 24 7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, and we're back. Um, I'm here with Uzo. We're talking about the spiritual gifts of a woman's body, and um, I would love to hear your cultural perspective and understanding on this topic, Uzo, because I think you bring such a wealth of knowledge, not just from where you grew up, but from your ancestral line. You know, I heard, I've heard you speak about your ancestors and, and, and I think there's, there's, a, there's an inherent and embodied wisdom that you carry around this topic that's just like lives and breathes inside of you that, um, that is really foreign to a lot of people in our culture. And I would just love to hear, I would love to hear more about that from you. 
And you would love to hear about my embodied connection with my lineage. Yeah, and also your the the understanding that your lineage carries about this topic of the spiritual gifts of a woman's body, you know, this this sacredness of this temple that that we walk around in. Yes, yes. I like to call it a remembering, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. We spend the rest of our lives remembering our wholeness, right? Um, now, for me, I'm speaking from multiple layers of um, intersections. Yes, my ancestry, I carried that deep inside of me, but not intellectually, right? Yeah. I've had to relearn and reprogram myself to remember (laughs) and then helping others remember as well and it's really interesting even the term remember because of these membranes right Mm -hmm. these these our body you can't see me right now but I'm literally moving my body because (laughs) speaking about membrane and remembering is something that I can quickly connect to so if I feel stuck for instance um and I move my body, there's something in that movement that helps me remember like my wholeness. And I, I, it's not something that I can intellectualize, but it's just something that um, when I'm feeling completely stuck, right? Um, there's something in the wisdom of the body that pushes me somehow to roll around the ground or to jump up and scream or to shake uncontrollably. Um, and thankfully, if there's good music playing in the background, <laughs> it might actually force me to go, you know, in sync with the rhythm of the music, um, which can switch my mood you know, completely at 360 degrees in some time, in some cases. Now, my great grandfather was known as a person who used the vibration of, of the drums and the instruments and the oja, which is the flute, and the ogine, which is the bell, um, to help heal people, right? Um, mm-hmm. If there's somebody in the town who's experiencing maybe some some blockages, um, they would create an opportunity for ceremony and he would facilitate this, yes? He was also a performer. But I didn't know any of these until just a couple of years ago. Why? Because it was part of the programming that that wasn't necessary anymore. Mm. Right? My, my, so I'd never met him. Um, I did meet my great, my grandparents, well, my grandmothers, and my grandmother on that side. She also did something quite similarly, but it was through the church. So these, <laughs> these skills are getting disguised in these different arenas where now she's doing spiritual dances in the church because that's the only place where it's welcome. Mm. And the singing and the clapping and the stomping and the catching the Holy Ghost, right? Same thing, different, different venue, um, you know, from a colonized perspective, but nonetheless, a, the, a space to connect with spirit using the body. Yeah. And now in my time, 
I'm now able to fully not disguise it in any way, shape or form, but call it what it really is, you know, which is, this is just medicine. This is something that we can tap into um, anywhere. Literally, if you have access to your body, you have access to this, or so we assume. But we're so programmed. We're so, we've been so, you know, um, through, I would say for me, my process was my parents socializing me that it wasn't okay to move my body in these ways in public. Mm. So that's my way of calling out who has actually sculpted me from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, even though that is my lineage. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn how to reprogram that and then continue to use my body and move my body in public intentionally, um, unapologetically. And that yeah. takes a lot, right? Yeah. That takes a lot. So it's, it's, it's twofold for me. One, there's a celebration of the lineage and where it comes from, but there's also a lot of oppression in there. There's also a lot of, um, you know, neo-colonial perspectives in there um, that have been infused in my upbringing. Um, mm-hmm. And America has helped me um, critically analyze that. Yeah, we have resources that are coming out of this world, the activists, the African-Americans, you know, uh, particularly have been the Pan-African movement has been a supporter of me as a, as a young African girl immigrant in the United States who's finding her voice in this. Is it okay to move my body in this way or not? Is, it, is, is twerking okay or not? Is it okay in front of white people versus not? Yes. And uh, but it's not working where I'm come from. <laughs> you know, it's almost like creating this vibration in the lower chakras mm-hmm. to be able to shift and move energy that's stagnant. Yeah. When that is taken out of context of the vibrations and the healing and it is appropriated or, you know, just, uh, just taken out of context and sexualized and commercialized, then this is where my Pan-African activists come in and say okay let's dissect this and here's what's happening and here's why you feel shame around this and here's where here's how you can create a safe space to do this so i want to talk i want to talk more about this because i think this is you know this whole idea of these these movements that are that are really sacred and are used for healing being um overly sexualized and commercialized and sort of the damage that that's done not only to to the ability to use those movements in a in a healthy way and in a sacred way but also you know to the spirit and you know you talked about the shame that can come with that when it's like maybe that's really what my body's wanting to move like and yet there's all of this conditioning that that is layered on top of that in my mind telling me that no it's not okay to move my body that way or like what are people going to think you know, if I, if I dare to shake my hips in that way in public, you know, what's going to happen to me? Who's going to, who's going to come up and feel that because I'm dancing that way, they can just, you know, shove their, their crotch in my, in my butt or whatever, you know, there's like all these things that, that, that are, that we're dancing with in this culture. 
Um, and I would, I would, so I would just love to hear more about what your process has been to sort of deconstruct some of those layers and come back to the healing aspect of those movements. Yeah. So, you know, I've been all over the map with that, to be frank with you. You know, um, Maya Angelou says, you know better, you do better, right? So there have been times when I have been um, completely in the space of sexualizing the movements um, and it not be anything for, for you know, it didn't have a healing <laughs> perspective or intention, but really just regurgitating what I had seen um, mm-hmm. in media and trying to learn how to do that. And also trying to teach people how to do it. Cause you know, I got the booty and everything, you know, it's easy for me. <laughs> and um, so, and then there've been times when I've just been completely shut down to it being completely triggered by watching people doing exactly what I was doing, which is overly sexualizing these movements. And thankfully, I have uh, been supported again by elders and um, folks who, who are able to help me process this, um, to help me understand that the intention is really important, right? Mm. So if mm-hmm. I'm intending to move my body this way, because I just am liberated and I don't care. I don't even know if I can cuss on this, on this podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let her in. Yeah. Okay. Well then I don't give a shit. (laughs) 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 You know, I, you know, and so, and, but the, if the intention is just that a liberated body moving Mm -hmm. in public, then yes, unapologetically Mm -hmm. go for it. But if the intention is, oh, I really want to like move my body this way just so I can draw attention because it's really the ego that needs to be stroked right now, um, I, I would question that. Yeah, I would question that. Um, also, you know, because there's such a blur now between sacred movements, what is sacred, isn't sexual sacred, what does it mean to commercialize sexual sacredness <laughs> and we can go on and on about that yeah. and it all comes down to what is the intention what are we trying to do here you know if i'm trying to um if i'm trying to engage my lower chakras if i'm trying to um, move about the gas that's in my belly because it's stuck. If I'm trying to, uh, if I feel stagnant in that region and shut down and I just need to shake things off, um, then I'm just going to keep twerking and twerking until I heal myself. (laughs) You understand? But if I'm feeling really insecure and needing Mm. validation from the external world and that's the intention to drive me to move my body in that way then again i would question that intention and that's kind of been my my guidance for me personally and that's also what i share with those who interact with me in my work i think that's really such a powerful it's such a powerful you know question to really to ask oneself um you know, I know I went through phases of that myself when I was, when I was younger and I was, 
going to clubs and everything and that I was very insecure and that was my intention was to you know to draw attention to myself and then I didn't like the attention that I was drawing to myself and it was this whole you know dynamic <laughs> interplay and and you know I got to I got to explore all of all of the different aspects of of cause and effect in that way um but I think that's such it's really such a powerful question you know what is the what is your intent behind this why why are you doing it and really solidly knowing mm -hmm. knowing that um it leads me to something that we we didn't um we haven't touched on yet which is when you know when i first met you i was drawn to you because you shared with our group that you had a mission to empower the divine feminine in one billion people so that we could experience a shift in consciousness here on the planet and i came up to you and i said your mission is my mission um, <laughs> And, and, you know, I just, I love you for that. And, and we can't do it by ourselves. That's a lot of, that's a lot of people to empower. But I, so I, I just, I would love to hear more about how the work that you're doing is connected to that. Um, and how, how you see that. I mean, I can see it, but I want to hear it. I want to hear it in your words. Yeah. Well, you know, it all starts with me, you know, um, I tell the story of my body was never my body when I was growing up as a little girl. My voice was never my voice. And with that said, you know, like you said, two mouths, my yeah. two mouths were not mine either. Yeah. Um, they belonged to either my parents, my priests, my uncles, um, or my future husband. But it was never mine. And coming into my womanhood, um, I've learned so much. And part of um, how my light continues to shine is because I have been ignited. I have been empowered um, by others around me. My tragedy um, have turned into my medicine, my my abuses, my molestation stories that I have shared are stories that have then created this space to like, you know, empower others to share their stories, right? To use that voice. That's that superpower I'm talking about. My ability to talk about my traumas and how my traumas have informed what I'm doing now. So I'll tell you really quickly, you know, igniting a billion souls all around the world to me is like air blowing on grass blades and when the when the wind blows and the the grass blades move right that to me is a reminder of how i was i have been inspired by people who told their stories and who were empowered not shamed by what had happened to them you know, my process of moving from victim to survivor to thriver, who's now surrendering to spirit, is the process that I would like to help others experience, particularly girls who have been told that their bodies don't belong to them. Mm. And so if your body doesn't belong to you, whatever anybody does to that body is none of your business, right? Right. Um, 
So being able to go in as early as possible, you know, our babies, <clears throat> our babies know that they're everything, they're wholeness, they're unapologetic about crying and unapologetic about speaking about what they want and being able to say no. And somehow we socialize that out of our babies, you know, so that we can live harmoniously in this world. Um, <laughs> but really what I'm trying to do is bring that out of us all so that we can continue to be authentic, so that we can continue to voice up and say no unapologetically and to say yes unapologetically. Um, so I'm in the process of enjoying my pleasure of my, my breasts because my breast is an area that had been traumatized as a young girl and knowing how to transition from, oh crap, trigger, 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 celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Um, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And, and that is the process of healing. And it could go back to trigger at any moment. And me choosing uh, through my healing process, me choosing pleasure, me choosing pleasure intentionally um, mm. has been something that has been so liberating. Mm. That's really, really hard to conceive of, particularly when these pleasure spots are triggering. Yeah. But I am choosing pleasure. And um, I'm not a therapist, right? I'm not trained in that model. I'm not trained in, 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 in these processes of, like, for instance, trauma-informed care as it stands. I'm not sure what their philosophies are, but I do know what my own personal philosophy is. And in my own healing, in my own process, mixing my indigenous ways with these Western ways. And in this body here, I learned that, um, one, I need to um, understand my triggers, understand where it's coming from, sit with it. And then the thriving part is choosing pleasure. Mm. Yeah. And that has changed my world tremendously. Mm. So our little babies, our little babies, they know how to say no to a particular point where it's beaten out of them. It's yelled out of them. It's stripped out of them. It's raped out of them right? It's molested out of them. The spirit slowly leaves the body and hovers over and protects and guides and looks and sees. And so what if, imagine a world where all our babies can retrieve all parts of the body, all parts of the soul that has lifted out of the body, that has dissociated, right? Due to trauma. Imagine if we can just slowly, just one body movement at a time, one self-love affirmation at a time, one, you know, inspired mentor hugging and telling you, I love you at a time um, for each of our babies all across the globe. Imagine what that could look like when they become adults. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am with you in that vision. Um, and I just want to thank you for doing the work that you're doing in the world. And it's, you know, again, it's, it's been such an honor to, to have you here to really hear your voice and to hear 
hear all of the wisdom that you're carrying and the work that you're moving through and the, the beautiful ways that you've done it and that that choosing pleasure you know it really is a choice and and we do have those moments in our body where we get to dissociate or we get to choose to really engage and and enjoy and um i just want to thank you so much um thank you you, uzo for for being you for being in the world and and for doing this work and i just i would want to ask one more time uh where people can go to find out more about you and if they're they're wanting to bring you to their communities your website yes. just go to www.theuzo.com and i'm also on twitter and facebook and instagram so uh, if you would just google the uzo method project you can find me awesome thank you again so much for coming on to the show today again this is the sex love and superpowers podcast if you enjoy what you heard today please um like us on on Facebook, like find us on Twitter and give us a, a rating on iTunes. We'd appreciate it greatly. And until next time, love yourself so you can go out and love the world more fully. Thank you so much. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.